welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. My name is Teresa Reed. I'm also known as the Tarot Lady and my partner in crime and cohort and hostess with the mostest. You want to introduce yourself, Miss Bree? Hey, everyone. Welcome to our show tonight, and thanks for tuning in. I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. This is awesome because it's the second time I've gotten to talk with Miss Teresa today. So I think we're I think we're becoming yeah we're becoming like uh, on the phone a lot. We we probably need to move in next to each other. I think so. um, (laughs) I think that's obviously that's the next step in our ever evolving relationship. Yes, and I bake cookies (laughs) today. You'd be here having cookies with me. Do you know how great that would be? Oh, my God, that would be so awesome. And, like, some red wine, too, right? Absolutely. I've got red wine waiting after the show is done because I'll need to soothe my throat. That's my thought there. (laughs) Yes, yes, I like it. I like it. Well, we have an awesome show tonight. But, Teresa, before we get into that, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, I can't even believe I did that. I'm telling you, this Mercury Retrograde has uh, (laughs) – I got you back, baby. Yeah, this Mercury Retrograde has really uh, put my brain in a completely different place. People, you can find me at www.thetarolady.com, and I'm always over at the Tarot Lady Hub. Uh, so go find me there. That That's where I'm at. So thank you for that. We've got a great show tonight, Bree, and... You know, I I think this is a very important show for anybody who is in the metaphysical business and looking to bring something new to their business. We are doing hosting a successful podcast, and we've got so much to cover. Uh, What we're doing right now is a podcast. You know, uh, we we are creating this program, this radio program, to bring something out there for people to educate and to help. Uh, What do you think about podcasts? How do you think they help your business, Bree? Well, you know, since you and I have been doing this together, one of the things that I love best about this is that when people, when clients come to me and they say, you know, oh, is there, you know, is there, are there resources out there on how to do a metaphysical business successfully? You know, I have a program just like you do, Teresa, where we charge people money, but I really love being able to say, you know, Teresa Reed and I, the Tarot Lady, we do this awesome podcast, and here are all of the free archives that you can access. Right And, on. you know, I mean, it's such an awesome resource for people. I love them because of the flexibility. It's like if you miss the live call, you have the recording. You know, it's something that you can have on your site. It's a wonderful free resource. If you're doing it with somebody that you genuinely like and you're talking about stuff that you're really into, it never, like, I never feel like we spend an hour on the phone. I'm always like, what? We were just on the phone for 15 minutes. What do you mean we have to go? And it's a great thing to be able to offer your clients, you know, and, and a free, a wonderful free service. Or You can charge for them. Some people definitely do, but, you know, I don't, and I find that that works so well for me because then they hear us and then they're like, oh, I want to work with you, like, on my business. So it's actually gotten me a lot of work that way. Right on. It, it's also worked out really well for me. I've done a variety of different types of podcasts over the years. Uh, I did one, I used to have a Tarot Lady podcast on Blog Talk Radio where I did live free readings. And I also worked as a co-host with our guests we're going to bring on in a second uh, 
doing shows on tarot and metaphysical things, and now we are doing this show, which is all about the metaphysical business world. You know, and I, I just think it's it's fun to do this stuff. We have the opportunity to really educate people. Here, what we're doing is we're educating people about building their businesses. So. These podcasts can be entertaining, they can be educational, they can be really anything you want them to be, and it gives you, again, this opportunity to connect with people in a whole new way. And, you know, ultimately with business, that's what it's all about. We're connecting. We are connecting with people, and this is Mm -hmm. just really what it's all about. So we have a really, really special guest tonight. Um, We're going to get a lesson tonight on how to rock the mic and be the best podcast MC that you can be. Um, you want to introduce our, our special guest, Bree? Yes, we are going to be talking to the mistress of ceremonies at Beyond Worlds, Donna Lee Della Rose. And, you know, for those of you, I can't imagine that any of you don't know who Donna Lee is, but if somehow you've been living under a rock and you don't know who she is, She is best known for her award-winning Beyond the World's radio podcast, and you can find that at www.tarotribe.com. Beyond Worlds is the leading show in free tarot education. So again, she's, she's doing something like we're doing, where she's providing free education on the hot topic of tarot that we both love so well. With a wide variety of guests and tarot-centric topics, Donna Lee and her crew make tarot accessible and fun for readers of all levels. So this is somebody that we're so excited to have on the show, and we knew we wanted to do a show, you know, because Teresa and I planned these, like, way in advance. We knew we wanted to do a show on podcasts, and we both knew immediately that Donna Lee was the one. It's the only person that we considered. Yeah. So, Donna Lay, thank you so much for thank being you. here tonight with us. Uh, that's such a huge honor, you guys. Truly, really amazing. We love you. You're so awesome. <laughs> Oprah, <or> something. <laughs> thank you are you. kind of like the Oprah of uh, tarot podcasts, in, in my opinion. You do yeah. such a great job, and I've worked with you on thank Beyond you. Worlds before, and. Always the thing that impressed me, Donna Lay, was your professionalism, your innovation, uh, and also you've really been super original. And we're going to get talking about that in a moment. But what I'd like you to do is start off by telling us how you got started with Beyond Worlds, how you even got started with this idea of podcasting. Well, you know, when I was first getting into tarot, books of all kinds, Mary Greer, Rachel Pollack, all those books were very helpful to me and they were like friends but when I discovered there was such a thing as a podcast and at that time really the only accessible one that I could find that really spoke about education was Lisa Rafalo's The Tarot Connection mm-hmm. and she had several of them and they were just starting to kind of peter out right about the time that I found them and I had already been working with tarot but I really felt excited to find her because I was in this isolated area. There's nobody around me that does tarot. Couldn't really talk about it with family. Nobody really understood what I was doing. And I finally felt like I had connected with somebody. And I was really, really hungry to hear everything she had. So I bought some discs that she had compiled and really loved it. And then she kind of just stopped. She was busy or something. And needed more. So when I went to Reader Studio, I was at that point 
starting to connect with other people who were interested in the same thing, really coming to realize how important it was to find other like-minded people to get inspiration and ideas and how each of us can build ourselves through other people's knowledge. You really grow exponentially. It's like the Internet. You become so much smarter when you can pull in all different information rather than being isolated and on your own. So um, my goal really was to become kind of a hub for people to feel a level of comfort with other people with the same interest. But at the same point, it was very, very important to me to use the time uh, and the content of the program very efficiently so that I was not really just talking frivolously, but just really teaching content. I wanted it to be like a graduate-level course in tarot while maintaining some kind of atmosphere of friendliness and camaraderie and casualness to the same thing. So that's what I was hoping to achieve. What's really fortunate is even today, and I was just trying to figure out before we went on the air how long I had the show, and I started, I believe it was April in 2009, so that's like, what, six, six, <laughs> it's been around for a little bit longer than I had expected. And... <laughs> and um, you, you know, you just kind of do one show at a time, but I had so many ideas, there was no possible way I could get them all in. So having other people showcased, um, and, and that's kind of the key thing is to showcase somebody and to make sure that when you brought someone on that they became the spotlight. One of my, One of the things I really admired about Lisa's program is she never was pompous or showy. She was very laid back, and her guest became the spotlight. And I think that really honored the person who was talking, and it became really important for me to do that. So it was really important to allow people's voices to be heard, interrupt as little as possible, really let them speak. And what's nice is now I'm getting feedback from people who mentioned that you know they really appreciate that because it doesn't always happen. Sometimes the programs become about more about a host than it does mm-hmm. about the guest. So I was glad that that was achieved. The tarot education, the comments we've gotten, I put many of them on my com site right in the front because I've gotten some really beautiful, beautiful letters from people. You know, and even even today, even though I've slowed down and I've had to take care of family and haven't been able to put them out as much, I'm getting letters from people, when are you going to do another show on tarot? And even though there's been gaps of time when I've not done them, I get my stats every week of how many downloads there are. And even when there's no shows going on, sometimes for a month, I'm still getting like one or 2,000 downloads a week from people who are just discovering different programs that we've done. So, and that's what, when you were talking about the value of podcasting, if you do a live radio, that's great, and you're capturing an audience who is live with you. But if you can archive that, you'll be getting people years later who are now just discovering it, and that information is never lost, and the time works for you. You, The time that you spent doing it continues to work for you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like then having this body of work uh, that can really represent you, your brand, your work, um, mm. what you're all about, and having it there for people is really awesome. Yeah. Right, and you really should have a clear vision of what is it that you want to accomplish with it. You know, if you want to show people what makes you different in a business, by all means, you know, make that your niche. 
uh, for me, it was educating professional readers. That was my niche. I wanted to. So I wanted every show to have educational content. So if I had, say, a deck creator who said, hey, I just made this great deck. Would you like to have me on the show? And my answer would always be, sure, what will you be able to teach us? And they're like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I said, let's use your deck as a tool. Everybody has some technique or something that they use or something within the system that they've used in their deck that they can teach. And um, and I've sometimes gone back and forth with people and, you know, well, why didn't you do it for other people? It's like, oh, oh, listen again, because we definitely, every show, it was really important for me never to just advertise. If there was a conference that was coming up, I'd tell, I'd say, all right, we're going to be um, talking about, say, Reader Studio or whatever it was, bats. And I would ask the presenters, can you give us some nugget during that that will teach people how to do something to give them kind of like a, to whet their appetite on what you offer as a person or what they can find at that. So because years later, this will be archived and that that event will be long gone and people will still be listening and you want to give them something of substance that they'll be able to take with them and use for the rest of their life. So, And that's been very helpful to people. I love that because it gives it a real timeless feel, you know. It does. When it gives it value because I know sometimes I listen to things and I, I it, my time is important. You know, even if I'm on a commute, what programs I choose to listen to I have to only listen to that, and I have to put others aside. So I want it to be important. I like to learn myself. You know, some people like more talk shows. You can talk back and forth, and if that's the niche of your show, that's fine too. But I know my personal interest was in learning and in education. And when I listen to some shows, sometimes they're um, like they could be very infomercially, infomercially like they don't really have the content, but they're trying to drive this product, um, mm-hmm. and the, you know that they make or some service that they have, and it it feels to me less, I don't know, either less sincere or less valuable for my time, unless there's something that can really benefit me, what they're doing, and it's funny even if you listen to say a professional infomercial on TV. The whole, if that's a 30-minute slot, they're going to spend 20 minutes of it telling you how it will benefit you and why you need it. (laughs) And they spend the last part of it telling you how to get it. So even they are trying to, like, pull you in as if it's something of of content that you need. But honoring the the time of the people who are with you, I think, is the most important thing. I've sometimes had to wade through advertisements and, and promotions and you, by the time you get to the meat of it I'm like that's it I'm just done <laughs> so yeah yeah you know when Teresa and I started this that was when she had me she was like we're not going to do any promoting of ourselves she was like we're going to promote our guests but you know we're not using this as like advertisement space and I was like okay you had me at no ad. <laughs> <laughs> Because I hate that, Donnelly. I'm so with you. Like, I hate it when I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I'm like, I am being sold on something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people feel that. They can feel when someone is, you know, sincere or if you're trying to get something from them. They they can feel that. Mm -hmm. And our show is designed to give, not to receive. There are times when you may want to put something out to receive. If you have, say, an event and you want to do a podcast or a show about your event, at this point, it's so available for anybody to get 
just these on air, these these webinars and um, the blog talk things where you can get on airspace through the internet and you can post it anywhere. So if that's what you need to do, you you can do it. Um, I would suggest if it is something that's just sheer promotion, you probably want to reduce the time of it. That probably wouldn't warrant something like 90 minutes because I don't know that anyone could sit through a commercial that long. But they may be interested in what you're doing and want to hear who's there and hear you talk excitedly about it. Everything has a purpose, so you have to remember what's the purpose of what your airspace will contain. You know, and one of the things I noticed is when when you go on air, I learned a lot about my own voice, my own nervous habits, the things that I did, even the tone of my voice, if I was particularly nervous, um, the pitch would change. I learned about saying, um, 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 the first program that we had, I never realized how often I said it. <laughs> we counted the times. And I said, okay, that's going to be my first goal is to really focus on my nervous speech habits. And different people have different ones, but it's just really good to be aware of them. Just kind of, you know, know what you're doing and um, try not to be too repetitive with that. So, and I also found that some people that go on air for the first time, public speaking, it, they say people fear it more than death when you think about what people are afraid of. And it can be very nerve-wracking. When you're doing it in your private space, uh, you can either upload something recorded so you can do it when you're feeling calm or you know you, you're, you don't have an audience, all these eyes staring up at you, so it, it can be less intimidating to do something in an on-air space. But still, every single program I did before I'd, I'd go live and you'd hear the countdown, your show is ready to go live in three, two, one. You feel your heart skip a little bit and you know that now you're representing something and it's it's bigger than you are as a person. So you want to do it respectfully, you know. So you, you represent something else and it becomes, um, it's important. I, I thought it was a very important project that I was doing that would bring something of, of value to people's lives. So... Anytime you're on air and, let's say, a glitch happens, and we all have glitches, you know, we're working with technology, things go wrong, and you want to say what you want to say. If you can, just try to keep the, the glitches as private as possible, and we had ways around that, trying to work with things, and, and inevitably things do go wrong. And all the, I have this whole list of rules that I follow in terms of how to be a successful podcaster, and every single one of them, I'm pretty sure that I broke one time or another as you're feeling your way through. And everything from wearing an earring that's dangly, that's clicking against your phone that you don't realize, you know, <laughs> little things like that to just the the vocal things that you do, uh, running too long sometimes, just trying to fill in the space that you've reserved when maybe you really don't need to do that because it's really complete. You know, just little things that you start noticing it's what your audience needs. There came a point when I actually put out a little one of those surveys and I asked people, you know, look, we've been doing this for two years. We got this award. Now I, I want to know what you guys want. And it was really interesting to hear the feedback of people where they wanted shorter programs because they felt sometimes 90 minutes was too much for one chunk. 
Mm-hmm. So we did cut down. We did the little Lenorm, little Lenormand lessons, and those were I tried to keep each one between 20 and 30 minutes, and those were a huge hit. They when we put those out, they doubled actually the number of what we were doing in the tarot podcasts. And I think it's because people at the time were trying to learn what it was too, but it was so digestible. You know, the little little bits were better. So sometimes smaller can be better, and. Um, other things that they asked is, um, I'm trying to remember, they they wanted to have certain topics that interested them. Um, some of the things they asked us to do, I felt we already were doing okay, you know, make sure you let the guests talk, because I think they were talking about all podcasts as a, a general rule. But um, you learn a lot if you find out what your audience is looking for. Right. You know, I think what you said, Teresa, in terms of originality, I really, really appreciate your saying that you found it original because I think above all else, above everything, that originality to me is one of the things, one of the kind of ethical banners above somebody that I find is the key to integrity and character and what I really respect about people. So when I see someone doing something, like, wow, that was like a brilliant idea that just blew my mind, like brilliant, brilliant. And if you see someone doing something great, you take notice of it. But what happens is other people start following and doing similar things, and it, everything becomes kind of an echo of what's already been done. And I know that I've even done things where – the minute I find out someone just did it and I'm almost complete it, I'll dump it because I don't want to do it anymore because it's it's already been done. There's no point in doing it over. That may be just a function of my Aries with a Leo rising. It's all like <laughs> jumping out of the starting gate and needing to make sure that, you know, that nothing is repeated because I want to make sure that it's something that's um, kind of cutting edge. But I think that when you have originality, that's when people are going to notice and if you keep changing it. We we did actually have people that approached me at different conferences who had mentioned that specifically and that they noticed specific programs doing the same thing a couple weeks after and why was that happening. And, and, you know, we can't control that, what other people do. People notice it, you know, and people see where material is rotating around. And whether it's something like, Teresa, what you've been through with your web copy being taken, mm-hmm. once it's used once and people are, I'm using quotations here, inspired by something, it does make them feel good and they take alert, but some people do use that improperly. So I would advise if anybody wants to start something, do something super wicked original really catch people's attention. It's going to get lost in the fray if you do the same thing other people are doing, and people will already know that it's already being done. And it doesn't look as favorably upon you if it's just a repetition of something else. So do something really uh, unique to you each time that you put something out there. Try and make it something that's worth pulling people in that you really they really want to learn or they want to see what you've got or you know, whatever it is. Um, you just want to make sure that it's not something that's just regurgitated. Right on. Yeah. Absolutely. Really important. Yeah. So I when I chose Bree for this show, it was a no-brainer. 
um, because I wanted to have somebody to do this show who was as excited about business as I am. And to be excited and free, we were just talking about this today, right? To be excited about business and be a metaphysical person, isn't that kind of like a... <laughs> it's kind of like it's it doesn't so, go so together, like well. oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I I had known Bree for a little bit, and I love the fact that she was so into business. So we had been kind of chit chatting about business a little bit and brainstormed this idea together, and it was really a no brainer to have her uh, working with me as a partner because it's like, oh my God, this is somebody who is on the same wavelength as me. So what are your tips for finding and working with co-hosts and, and guests, too? You know, or is it that, ever wiser to go solo? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have to go there? I think I'm ready for that. Um, when, here's the thing. When you start putting out something new, who you work with is everything. And I learned this through trial and error. I learned this the hard way. When you put yourself out there and you start to become something that is highlighted, so now people are talking about it, there's a little buzz about it, you start to get noticed. So I'm, I will warn people that, and I'm watching this with other people that are rising stars and starting to put out things they get noticed, you then become a target in more ways than one. So you become a target for people who might have a different opinion than you, okay? Just expect that and don't take it personally. You know, that's not necessarily – people tend to take things very personally. But sometimes the way that you get targeted becomes personal, okay? So you, you have to just be prepared that when you're noticed, it's not always something we all expect, oh, this will be great, this will be fun. There is a whole other side to it. Also, when you're highlighted, people who want to rise fast almost become parasitic about who they will attach to. And you have to be careful with that. And at the time, I I didn't know the signs of what, say, an unhealthy type person who does that sort of thing might be. And I ended up falling into that kind of a trap. And I watch other people going through that. I think everybody needs to learn their own lessons. But it was a hard one for me. And, you know, I think when you align with someone, they do represent your business. So you want to have the best ethical match possible. You want someone who has a good personality match, of course. You want someone who has decency on air. You want someone that is respectful. And, you know, we started noticing some things. I'm like, okay, this might not be (laughs) what I thought it was. And um, I think sometimes you have to stop yourself in in your tracks and redirect. And just with everything that I did where I learned that I was doing something wrong, whether it was saying the word um too much or if I found that my timing might not have been right or the content might have been too long in this area and not enough, that whatever it is, if you can redo what you're doing and make it right. Um, you can't always know everything and you can't know everybody. Um, if you can meet a person in person and, you know, get to know them, that helps. But, you know, many of us live in different countries, different states, and, you know, we don't have the opportunity. I have never met my co-host, Georgie, in person. Um, that's a big goal of mine. I'd love to, since I consider her one of my, my dearest and most trusted friends. So, you know, there are exceptions. But I think when you align yourself with someone, I just would like to warn people that there are instances and there are people out there who – do not have your best interest at heart. They have their best interest at heart. 
and it may not necessarily mean that at first you'll see anything happen that's uh, that looks dangerous or, or, or mean or anything, but there are people that will kind of use their hooks and get in, and then it can, it, when you see what you're really dealing with, it can end up being very uncomfortable. So I do, I will admit, I would rather listen to a podcast that has more than one person talking. Mm-hmm. I think conversation is more interesting than like a soliloquy. So trying to find the right match is I think going to be one of the most important things anybody can do for their podcast, for interest, for personality, for content, style, you know, and and just ethics too. You don't want someone that's uh, too ranty, say, if you're in the metaphysical business because um, people who tend to be in the spiritual business tend to get turned off by that sort of thing. Uh, Other businesses, they may like it. Sometimes like the Howard Stern type person attracts a certain audience, but when you get to a spiritually-based business, people tend not to react so favorably to something like that. So you may get one show where there's a lot of people who listen because they just, you know, they're starting to talk, did you hear this? Oh, my gosh. And people will start losing interest shortly after that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a really good question, Teresa. And um, of all the things that I did on my show and all the things that, you know, we won awards for and did great things, that was probably the biggest lesson for me in life lesson for me um, and the hardest part of it because I felt that um, I could have turned it in a better direction had I realized things sooner. But that said, it was also probably one of the biggest learning experiences in my life and it may help me, you know, save myself from danger someday. You know, so there's there's something to be taken away from it. But when you have a business and you want to represent yourself well, things really hard. You know that the person that you're working with has um, everything that you feel will re- represent you most positively, um, matches your ethics, all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's hugely important to to you know, understand that your co-host is an, becomes an extension of your brand and you become an extension right. of their brand when you're doing right. something like this. Yeah, you know, you yeah. don't think about that when you're starting this stuff. I think um, a lot of us, when we, we start doing things like this, we're just excited to be out there and connecting and, you know, and, and getting guests and cool guests and co-hosts. You know, it's hard to think that, well, what if this, person doesn't align with me spiritually, ethically, uh, you know, I don't think we really think about that. Bree, do you find that, um, Do you find? did you find when we were going at this too, and we were thinking so much about the business aspect, um, you know, what were your thoughts about that, about connecting, and here we are, we haven't met in person, we're doing this thing, um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think, you know, in our case, it was for me it was an immediate yes because we had even though we hadn't met in person we had corresponded enough in various social networking places that i could tell that while we're very different in some ways we had like a core you know a, a core of similarity of on the same pageness that was going mm-hmm. to totally work in our favor and we were both like you said you know, it was very clear to me that you were really dedicated to wanting to help people in spiritual businesses 
grow sustainable businesses. And so I, you know, I was so excited to hear that because I was kind of like, am I, am I the, am I the only person who's into this? <laughs> and you know, for us, I think it's so interesting because we've become closer friends as we've done this, and and found that we have more in common. You know. <laughs> Right, right, a lot more in common. It's interesting. A, lo- a, a lot more in common cool than we <laughs> Yeah. So I think, but, you know, the other thing, like I said, for me was when you said immediately, you know, like we're not going to use this as, like, advertising space. The goal right. is not to sell anything. That was a really big uh, point for me because I, I had been on the receiving end of so-called, you know, helpful materials that were really just glorified sales pitches, and I didn't like that. And then I think also when we were putting our guest list together, you know, mm-hmm. we were really on the same page about, oh, this is the person that we have to have come talk about this. And, right. And so, you know, that that to me really indicated like, okay, we're seeing the same thing. We're valuing and wanting to draw out for our audience the same skill set. And what about you, Donnelly, when you, when you pick guests, like how, how does that process work for you? For me, well, there was two ways. So you end up having people contact you, and through that process, what's unfortunate is there are some people who aren't appropriate for the program. Once you figure out what your niche is, there are times when you have to say no because it doesn't fit the niche. But then you can recommend something that might fit better for them, you know, say, you know, that sounds great, this is about tarot. But for me, it was whatever – inspired me so much that and I had so much inspiration going on I could feel it like blooming in me and there were so many things I had lists of of people and topics and things and and ideas with tarot it was harder for me to narrow them down creatively that's just how I work it's I have so much coming in so I would just you know contact the person and say look this is this deck is amazing have you ever tried such and such with it or do you have a special technique would you ever be interested you know in putting it forth to the public and showing them what you can do with it and just so they can see what it works and people were very very great and you know even in the beginning when i contacted people that i admired so much and i'm thinking how would I, mary greer for example i'm like you know, would it be a waste of her time to spend that there? And, you know, would she feel that this would be something that would um, be kind of a burden for her? And she was great. And she and people usually are very excited to be able to share their stuff in a space with somebody. And not everybody has interest in doing a podcast of their own every week. So to be able to put it out and then focus on their work again, it's it's excellent for everybody. So for me, it was just basically whatever inspired me. I think that also inspires the audience is one of the things that I notice is it's catchy when you're in, when you're really inspired by something and you're really excited about it. People can sense that, you know, they really can feel that, and I think it builds in them as well. So for me, it all came out of at that particular moment what was catching my interest, and sometimes it was who had contacted me that fit we talk together and develop something that would work well for the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that brings up a really good point. You know, Bree, uh, one of the things that you and I have done is we've come up with ideas about the different things that we want to talk about and that we think are necessary for our audience. And, in fact, not only Bree and I already have all of next year's shows <laughs> that that was me. I was scheduled eight months ahead. I yeah. totally yeah. get that. Yeah. We're kind yeah. of 
were kind of crazy like that. And you know, um, Bree, you come up, you came up with a lot of great uh, original ideas for the shows that uh, we are doing here. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to get both of you guys to give some feedback to the audience on how to stay original with your ideas if there are so many podcasts out there. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, Bree. And then, Donaway, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how to stay original when there's so much other stuff out there. Well, I thought that what Donalee said earlier was really right on, which is that you knit, you know, you start out by placing yourself in a specific niche that, that you know, few people are occupying. So for us, I mean, there really wasn't anything like this. Right. right? When we started, you know, it was, and that's, that's the real reason why we started it, because we were like, you know, there's no place where metaphysical business owners can go and just get information on, like, you know, the ins and the outs of, of what it takes to have a metaphysical business, and specifically a metaphysical business online mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, partially online um, in this day and age. And so we, we really, that was our starting point. And I think that really has worked for us because we're both passionate about it. Our audience is passionate about it. Um, we're talking to a lot of young business owners who are starting their work for the first time, and I think that we've we've had guests on the show who have given them like really sound advice. And then you know, I think that for for me, whenever whenever we sit down and we think about what topics we want to address on the show. Uh, because Teresa and I really do brainstorm together. Like, she just gave me all the credit, but that's totally a lie. Uh, we <laughs> totally brainstorm together. Um, you know, we a lot of what we discover are themes that we see being repeated over and over again that we feel are actually giving misinformation. Like today, we were talking about this whole idea of you have to break down to break, to break through and how, right. how we think that's, like, so wrong. Um, so a lot of our stuff is, is, you know, like stuff that we see being, you know, passed around as sort of like the truth that we kind of want to call out and bring on an expert who can speak to that. And then other things are things that we see um, underutilized. So like the podcast show tonight is an example of that. You know, we we both felt like this is a really great technology and, and it's a wonderful alternative to video you know we had Cher Ross on in the summer talking about video another very underutilized technology um, and if you don't want to do video podcasting is pretty awesome because people when they hear your voice I think they that intimate connection that you were talking about Donna Lay is really formed yeah. and so with stuff like that we we really wanted to bring people's attention and say you know hey like you have these you you know you have these things that are available now that maybe you're not aware of because you're so busy you know taking in your clients and booking and whatever and and some of these can really help support your business and so those those are two of the ways I see us really going about um you know getting getting the topics for our shows and also what we're really excited about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're like, oh, we just want to talk to her for an hour. Let's get her on. <laughs> Sometimes it's certain people that, that jazz us up. Uh, sometimes it's certain subjects. and Or like Bree said, too, just seeing what's needed, the myths, busting those myths. What about yeah. you, Donnelly? 
Where do you get your ideas? Well, all those are, I, I How do you say original? Yeah, be original. Really important to be original. For me, I, when I was thinking back on what caused a lot of the topics that I did, it was my own curiosity and my need to learn. I learned so much through that program. You know, we've gotten letters about people that have learned about how to use tarot. Well, we were all learning right along with the audience. And, for example, let's, I'd like to use runes but I had never really talked to a rune expert. So guess what? We had a rune expert come on. I use runes with my tarot readings. I'll put the runes right on top of the cards and watch the two messages merge. It's really amazing. So through that, I was able to improve my readings by adding the, the runes, but that was because I had this insatiable appetite to learn more about things. And sometimes I would read a book, and I just like wanted to hear the author tell me more about the content, and I would get really excited or times uh, sometimes a book would come out and i'm thinking you know what people need to hear this this is the best information i've heard in a long time i am so wanting this person to get their voice heard and and that was just through the state of inspiration so i would think curiosity and and wanting to learn someone who had inspired me who i thought okay more people need to hear this but sometimes it's just because there was something i needed to know and I needed a good teacher. And if I needed to know it, other people could benefit from it too. That's the one thing I learned is when you do something, if you need it, chances are there's someone else that has the same need and other people will follow. So I mostly followed. It was kind of almost like a selfish thing. Like if I wanted to listen to it on another show and it didn't exist, I would make it. And that's actually why I started the show when there was no more podcasts at the time and Lisa had stopped and I'm like you know what well nothing's happening here looks like I'm going to have to be the conduit because I need to make something happen so you know my friend Dawn and I did it and um, and that's how we started out like okay let's start this this program and turns out it was one of the the best decisions Um, so much I've learned about tarot, I've learned about other systems, I've learned about interactions with people, I've learned about ways to handle a public persona because that part of your life does change too. And um, privacy changes and what people's expectations of you are different. Your public um, presence and how you respond and act around people becomes something that people notice. So you want to, you know, have that professional presence without losing your personality. You definitely have to keep your your spark, whatever your personality is. So I, I learned a lot about that. I learned another thing too is you have to get used to is the point um, of what some people might consider being used because you have the platform that people need. And like I said before, some things you can't take personally. You know, you have to expect that you are supposed to be used for that. You know, it's it's a place where people go. I always say, like, it, the show is never about me, ever. I never wanted to be the highlight of the show. I Like, even the show tonight, like, it makes me a little nervous to be interviewed because it was never about me. It was always about the topic, the guests, what we were learning about. And um, it was my job to step back and just push the buttons and let them be seen. So I think um, to have a presence and do it gracefully and also there will be times when it's difficult it's not all uh, wonderful it's not even sometimes fun because sometimes it can be really hard but i would say all in all it's been more of a blessing and um, to hear the way that you can potentially change a life 
through the work that you do. And those podcasts keep perpetuating because people keep finding it. You really can make a difference in someone's life. Now, when you're talking about business, you can inspire someone to start a business, get the confidence, give them the tools that they need so that they can do it right without falling, you know, give them the, the steps of that ladder that they need. And you can get somebody on their business feet. You'll hear feedback on that when that's successful. You'll have people writing you letters and saying what a difference it made in their life. And you start to realize, like, you know, okay, maybe I can make a difference in this world. Um, if you can put out a product that you can put on a podcast that can change somebody, there really is no better gift that you can give to the world. So if you can through that venue, and it's just it's it's just another way of media, whether it's a blog or a book, it's it's a product. And if you can put that out there and improve somebody through it, uh, I think that says something about changing the world, making it better. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, and you can you know. If you were to do something, like my, a lot of ours were 90 minutes, you can even put out, I've heard, um, is it Nikki Six who was in um, that rock band? He has a podcast. Motley Crue? Yeah, in Motley Crue. He has, with a, with a woman, each podcast is like five or six minutes. It's a huge hit. They'll have like one little topic or they'll have a famous person on and they say just a couple funny things and it's over in like five minutes. But people like are dying for the next one. So even if you just said, you know, let me tell you about this tip, because one of the things we did on our show was tarot tips and just give somebody an idea that you could do with this deck that you might never have considered before, those actually could have been little mini five-minute podcasts. So don't feel that you have to prepare something huge. Uh, Marie Forleo is a really good example. She'll have a five-minute video she puts out every Tuesday, and it just gives a little tidbit without having to really – commit to something, but you go to her as a resource. So don't feel that you have to put out something enormous and time-consuming. You may have little bits and pieces that may attract people, and people do have internet ADHD. You know, they, the, the typical <laughs> amount of time that most people stay on one web page is eight seconds. So you've got to grab their attention, and if you can keep them and convince them, you know, I've got a little bit here that's important, and it might be brief, and give them content, you, you may have them keep coming back. And that's another unique way of doing it. Right on. So we are getting near the end of the hour, and we did have a question come in uh, through the web. And it's coming from somebody who is a real up-and-coming um, a real up-and-coming podcaster, Title Miller, he has a show called Pagan Propensities. Right. And this is a show that uh, it airs on PEN, I believe the channel is called. And he has been doing this for a little while now, and he is listening in tonight. And he he wants to know about you know social media. I think what he's asking here is about how how do you use it to effectively promote these podcasts? I mean, Bree and I are putting it on Facebook and and mm-hmm. yeah. Twitter. Twitter. We're, yep, Twitter. So, Donnelly, what would be your tips about that? How would you that promote the, your show to get people to come? That is the best question ever, title. <laughs> really good question because there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of noise. People are talking. People are doing podcasts. But also when something is put out the wrong way, there's another kind of buzz that happens and people get turned off and 
I do it very judiciously. The only time I would ever really promote my stuff and drop it into a forum, say, um, if I had Mary Greer or Rachel Pollack, and I thought it would be something that um, would be like an unmissable thing. Even though I had every week I had a guest that I thought was like so exciting and I was excited to learn from them, I, I was really, really careful about dropping it anywhere because people are very sensitive to sales pitches and, and getting hooked in. And even if you're not necessarily selling something or a product and you're not making money, because I never made money on it. I've spent thousands of dollars on this and never made any money back on it. But that's because I don't have a product to sell. You could potentially get returns on it. But if you put it in the wrong place, people will notice and they will be critical enough not to investigate. So what I personally did is I, and then that was before I even set up a fan page, before Facebook had like a thing where you could set up a fan page. I had, I, I'm trying to even remember what I did. I think it was just plain old Facebook um, and would put stuff out or in little, Forums. And I wouldn't even put stuff on forums. I don't. I don't feel. Fu- I feel kind of funny put, putting things in other places. Then Lenormand groups, I would put little lessons in there because they were just strict classes, and those were forums about learning. But if I just if I interviewed someone, I I, know, I didn't feel comfortable about it. That would be something I think that would be a really interesting thing to send out a survey to the community to see what they find annoying. I, I know personally what I find annoying. You know, if I'm going in to learn about something and someone is every, like, third day putting in something about, even if it's a podcast or if something they're selling or if it's readings they're doing, you know, it gets a little bit redundant, and I think people can be turned off by that, and you don't want to do that because you want to attract an audience. So at this point, you can use Facebook as a place to have a fan page, Unfortunately, Facebook also makes it hard for people to see those posts. So I also I put a lot on my personal page as well, and you know invite people to share it. But if you can screen stream to let's say iTunes, people just have to search the word tarot and it pops up. That's where most people find me is through okay. iTunes, um, and I don't advertise it. So other people may have better answers for me in terms of ways of promoting. I know what I don't like to see personally. I would assume that other people, some other people may feel the same way, but not all other people feel the same way. I mean, what about you ladies? I know we only have a couple minutes, but is there something that like you would prefer or something that you get turned away from? Hmm. Well, definitely, like you said, I think we were just talking about this earlier today, too. Um, we talked about a lot forums. today, Bree. <laughs> I know. We just, you know, we just get together, and it's a Gemini and a Libra, and what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but we, um, you know, we we were talking about how there's a lot of forums where you do have uh, no rules about self-promotion, and so mm-hmm. it just feels like you go in there, and it's like, you know, me, 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 me come do this, yeah. come do that, and I hate that. I, I just, I really disengage quickly from that. Um, you know, we've had really good success. Uh, Teresa has handled all of the, you know, she handles putting our show together every month, and she handles getting the uh, Facebook page up for it. And so, and that's hosted through her Tarot Lady page. I share it on both of my pages, my uh, Bree Saucy fan page and my personal page because a lot of my friends are also in into this work. 
and then we tweet about it. And, I mean, that's really worked well for us, I would say. Don't you think, Teresa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the topics, too, is going to depend on um, – what the per, what people are interested, what you know, how we're promoting it, but really we we promote it very lightly. Um, you know, we just make sure that I always put something in my newsletter so people know. Mm-hmm. I like to put plenty of blurps on Twitter uh, to let yep. people also know because I'm really into Twitter. That's my thing, and of course on my Facebook page. You know, but none of it's like we're push 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 push. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like it if I see that type of energy. Um, you want to remind people, so you certainly do have to put the stuff out there, but we want to make sure that that's not the only thing we're doing because people sooner or later will tune you out and stop listening. Yeah, even so, yeah, on Twitter, we, if all you're doing is advertising, it ends up getting just overseen. Well, yeah, the, when, you know, I think really what this all boils down to is we don't want to feel spammed. And yeah. so when we're promoting shows like this one or like you're promoting Beyond Worlds, we want to put the information out there but not do it in such a way that people feel like they're being inundated with nothing but that. It's the same like when they come to one of these shows, the last thing that they want to hear is uh, half an hour of us promoting uh, our products and then only half an hour talking about content. People tune into these shows. They tune into us on social media and stuff because they're trying to learn things. They're trying to get to know us. They're looking for a conversation. And so when Bree and I promote our stuff, we type, we tend to be a little bit tame with the way we promote it. And I just think that's the best thing. I think um, it's better. Right. Yeah. And, you know, right now, guys, we are actually in – really the last stretch, and I know we've got some people on the line, but we're not going to have time to take a call. I'm sorry, guys, but this has been a really content-heavy show, and for the people who are listening, what I, my mission, uh, Bree's mission with this show, is to inspire you guys to consider doing things like a podcast for your business. It may or may not be right for you, but it can be something to enhance what you're doing. It's great for exposure. It's great to start a conversation. It's great to get an education, to educate people about your work and about you. It's not hard to get them going. So I hope everybody has enjoyed the show. Uh, Bree, I want you to tell people, because <laughs> I think the title of this one's really funny, I want you to tell people what our what our next show is all about. Oh, yeah, our super demure, demurely titled next show is <laughs> going to be in November. And the title of that show is Up Yours. <laughs> and this is going to be our last, yes, that that was not a mis. Up yours. We are talking about raising your prices, you guys. We're talking about the very funny, finicky world of pricing and how it works and how it doesn't work. Um, Some of, and we're going to be telling, letting you in on some of the things that we have both really found. Um, It's going to be the last show of the year, and it's going to be on November 20th. And so we're not going to. We are going to have special guests. Their names are Teresa and Bree. <laughs> and and uh, it's going to be a really, really good show. You know, this is a question that I get all the time. I know Teresa gets it all the time. Um, it's tough. It's tough for spiritually-minded people to talk about money. And Teresa and I love to talk about money. So 
There you go. Well, it's because we actually like to make money, so we mm-hmm. are the. <laughs> which you know, that's a, this is a real. This is going to be a really touchy subject for us because a lot of a lot of people in it does not just tarot industry, but in in metaphysical industries. I'm talking about massage therapists, Reiki healers, animal communicators. You know, a lot of us get really squeamish when it comes to setting a wage, earning a living wage, and and then there's people who also have you know weirdness about. Should you or should you not charge for this work? So this is going to be a really important show and learning also how to elegantly raise your rates so that you're not charging the same thing as you were in 1970 is very important. So Uh, I think, oh, my God, if I was charging what I was charging 20 years ago, oh, my God, you guys, I'd be eating out of dog food cans. (laughs) So Not acceptable. Yes. So it's a show that I really would encourage people to listen to. That's going to be again on Wednesday, November 20th. Donnelly, I really want to thank you for joining us tonight. This was, you shared so much information with us and it's such an important show. So thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you. It's truly an honor and I admire what you guys are doing. You're doing great stuff. You have great energy and and just appreciate being a part of it all. It's a true honor. Thank you. And where can Uh, people find you? You You were just brilliant and I know that a lot of our listeners are going to go and go forth and podcast. Oh, I like that idea. Go forth and podcast. (laughs) Donnelly, where can people find you? Donnelly.com. Everything that I do is at that that central spot. All of my projects from blogs to podcasts, all the shows we've done are archived there in order. All my lessons uh, are there at D-O-N-N-A-L-E-I-G-H.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening tonight, uh, again, I hope this show has been informative. I hope it inspires you. That's what Bree and I are ultimately about. We want to inspire you guys to up your A-games and really create the businesses that you love and deserve. Um, If you are looking to find me and learn more about me, my name is Teresa Reed, and you can find me at www.thetarolady.com. And Bree? Hi, everyone. It's Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, and we hope you have a wonderful night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye.